Yo, welcome to Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith, and join as always. I'm here with Aaron Lanton and Tim Malloy. And today we're talking about Marvel's What If series that just recently, I want to say just a, three weeks ago, had premiered on Disney Plus. Um, a pretty pretty cool, pretty interesting show. It um, takes uh, what we know about the Marvel MCU um, universe and flips it on his head and asks the question, um, what if? And I think it was a pretty cool show. It kind of brought back to back in the day when I used to read these type of comic books that used to come out that always had these certain situations that make you think like, I don't know, like what if, um, uh, what if, what if um, Peter Parker becomes Doctor Strange and all these other th- different things? And so I think I'm, I personally have enjoyed like this and what they've done with this show and also introducing more into this concept of the multiverse into the MCU. So um, what do you guys think so far? Um, I love the shit out of the show. This is probably my favorite Marvel Disney plus show ever out of the, I guess, four that they've done. Uh, we talk a lot about how the DC universe has all these just crazy one-off stories and the Marvel universe has this really rigid continuity. And I think this is a super cool way for Marvel to kind of break up their continuity and just do wild one-offs. I think it's so well done. I love that so many of the original actors do the voices. Um, I love the animation. As you guys know, I'm not like the biggest animation fan, but I love yeah. stuff. It looks so good. Um, I saw there was a Reddit thread the other day appreciating a Scanner Darkly, the Richard Linklater movie with Keanu Reeves from like 2007. Yeah. And I definitely think that the reason that thing is getting a little more respect is because people are reminded of it from the, uh, the What If animation, which is just so beautiful. The third episode, they all look great, but I think the third episode is the best looking one yet. And right yeah i also read the comics as a kid and i just love these i love how they reward your knowledge of the marvel universe and play with that knowledge and expectations and good for you disney plus good for you mcu good for you everybody (laughs) right yeah i do think (laughs) that um, (laughs) yeah like you say it does reward your overall knowledge because you you of course appreciate it more the more these movies that you've already watched i know um me and my um me and my girlfriend was just watching the third episode and she's never seen any of the Ant-Man films. So now this makes her want to see the Ant-Man film. And, you know, it kind of, I'm not just a huge, I think the Ant-Man films are cool, but I think seeing them and then seeing this, just having that little part where, um, they're spoilers, by the way, where we have Hank Penn at the end, it just really pays off at the end. So yeah, I agree with you on that. What do you think, Aaron? Uh, you know, it's easy to screw up stuff like this. It's real easy to screw up stuff like this. Uh, and so far, three episodes in, I think they've done an incredible job. Um, there's not a whole lot that I could honestly find to criticize. Um, I really don't even have anything off the top of my head. I mean, really, going bold early with Captain Carter in the first episode. And, and and also like she's murking people, like oh, yeah. she <laughs> she <laughs> she ain't playing no games with nobody, and I mean just you know it's war. I mean and, and she is far more, um you know aggressive. It seems like than Steve is. She making sure the job is done right. constantly. 
um, and to, you know, play with the idea that uh, Tony Stark's father, Howard, would have created, uh, you know, basically an Iron Man suit from decades earlier, given that Steve. And then you actually have like the Cthulhu-like monster trying to come through. The issue uh, wakes up out of the, um, through the um, Tesseract, you know, to kind of the modern day MCU. Then it's a child story with the the second episode. It just the people who do this, they really love the characters. They really get what they're about. Um, to, and, and I mean, like thematically, the way they do things. Sometimes it, you know you could do this stuff and it comes off corny, but really um, mirroring and marrying T'Challa's thirst for adventure with you know putting him out there, and then like his influence. He like he is still who he is. He changes who Thanos becomes. Yeah, Thanos right. is like, hey, he's like, you know, nudging people at the bar, nudging people in Wakanda. Hey, look, I'm just saying, like, I mean, it makes sense though, right? I mean, you know, we ain't got that many resources, too many people lie, you know, just get rid of half of them. He's like, I mean, that's kind of extreme, like, but it makes sense though, right? I'm just, I ain't doing it, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just like flipping that kind of like, stuff is just so fun. What'd you say? It's just humanizing that, like, if Thanos had made a good friend, he might have turned out different. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, there, there's so much to uh, to mess around, but there's a million Easter eggs. My son was like, "Who the hell's Howard the Duck?" And I'm like, "Be quiet, I'll talk to you about it in a minute." Still okay. stuff happening. Um, and then episode three is definitely very impressive with its take on how things could have gone, um, and it made sense when it happened, and the motivations make sense. Um, and the outcome makes plenty of sense. And the fact that there is still, um, given the way the MCU was structured, there were still people available. Like when you see that beeper, you know, that's Captain Marvel. He goes and gets Captain America. There's still the heroes that they can still find who to create a set of Avengers who are different that we came up with in that Marvel movie universe. So in general, I just, you know, there's a lot we can talk about here. Um, and I'll throw it back to you guys, but I'm really impressed with it so far and just really you know appreciate that we have people who love this stuff the way we do taking care of these stories it's really fulfilling to know because this just didn't seem possible even 20 years ago um and also um kind of see my prediction for the spider-man stuff coming true from way back in the Avengers Endgame uh (laughs) you know review we did way back when that feels pretty fulfilling too uh I don't know. It's just uh, I'm, Marvel's really knocking it out the park right now with all kinds of stuff that they're doing within within you know th- this IP they have. I really they're not just milking it; they're really loving it. Even that Star Wars stuff they're about to do too. Um, um, Star Wars anime, the Star Wars anime. They just they they're not just milking it the way you, we've seen other other people do. Warner Brothers, um, they're really really handing it off to people who know this stuff, who love it, who want to nurture it and, and create something new. And that's just really mm-hmm. awesome to see. Yeah, I think it makes a difference when, and you can kind of tell when something is made by fans, when it's just made by these like studio heads. Like that's just go back to what we were talking about. Um, when we talked about the Suicide Squad and when even, even Tim back to your interview with James Gunn, he was obviously a fan of DC or just comic books in general. Yeah. So he he knew the characters, but he was also able to add his own self into these characters, right? Because he understood what it was that made these characters appealing in the first place. And I feel like that's what a lot of people at Marvel are doing. You know, 
they still you're still able to add this certain you know flair that makes it the MCU, right? But then also giving us what is it at their core make these characters special to us, and what makes their story stand out too. And I, and I like I also like and I've talked about this multiple times how like a Marvel film can be appreciated to me even to people who are not into comic books because they have like these certain type of storylines that a lot of us are familiar with. And I was thinking about how much the third episode felt like a whodunit type of story. Right? Like way more than a superhero story. It was like, damn, who did it? And I knew, I, I'm I'm not saying this just because I knew it was Ant-Man. It couldn't <laughs> have been. It's like, it's literally like, there was something that they they said that kind of hint towards the earlier in the episode, something about this microscopic thing that was in the needle. And I said, man, what if it was Hank Penn killing these people? I just couldn't figure out why he would do it, right? And so it just felt like it was just exciting just to see. I want that episode to last longer, to be honest. I know, I know. That was that was the only episode that I wish was an hour long. I thought it was Ghost from Ant Man and the Wasp. That's how stupid I am. You were still you were still on the Ant Man trail, right? I, I did think I don't know why. I think because she was invisible, but it was actually just that Hank Pym was really small. And I, I had this huge satisfaction about the T'Challa story. Um, as Star Lord, because it's it's something where we talk about a lot. Like I think, like a lot of times, why Black people don't like science fiction is because we're usually not represented in science fiction, and especially not like in 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 the role that we see T'Challa in as Star Lord in the second episode. Yeah, you mean Cha Cha? Little Cha Cha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just and it just fit like this man was like James. Bond Idris Elba in space, you know, like it was, just and, and it was such a great. Um, it's weird because look, they they recorded this, of course. Um, it, it was a post mortem, you know. Um, yeah, that's his and it, yeah, and so, um, it was just kind of crazy to, especially near the end, as it's wrapping itself up, it it felt, um, just oddly symbolic of kind of like a uh a, a thank you in a, in a memorial to like a really uh influential person in the world uh there at the end um time of like you know his he, you know going back home and um just you know his place in the world and all that it was just really uh it was very poetic uh yeah. it was very very sad of course um in, in a way that uh, just nobody could have foreseen because nobody knew about his diagnosis uh, prior to that. Uh, I don't know, man. It really hit hit hard because I, I, I didn't see it last week. I, I watched it this week. And so I, I saw some people kind of talking about the fact that it was very apropos, but I, you know, and then I see what they were talking about. It, it really uh, hit home when I finally saw it. it. It was, you know, really crazy that it just happened to sync up that way. Yeah, like I would literally watch a whole series of that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Each of these, each of these, so far, you could tell me you're gonna do a whole series of this, and I'd watch it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's gonna work out for all of these. There are others um, episodes that we kind of have a sense of what they'll be about. Um, like one of them is the. Um, some some of these what ups are actually based on limited series that happened. Um, 
in the comic books that have already taken place. Uh, one of those is the Marvel Zombies. Um, I don't know if either one of you have ever seen that. Basically, I always I always see that at the comic book store and think about it and then don't buy it. Some of them are good. Like the first two are good. The third one's a little little wacky, but um, yeah, essentially it's like you know there's a virus it spreads and it turns everybody into the zombies and then it's like you know the, the stuff starts happening. Um, I it's, it's super impressive though. Um, the the first couple of, of uh, versions of that story, so I'm really curious to see where they go with that. But it's it's just really cool. It's just really fun. Um, I just I don't even know where to start as far as the conversation with it because there's just so much that you that we could talk about. Right. Um, I was, I was um, just really good though. I was gonna say when I was a kid, the what if stories kind of they kind of disturbed me sometimes, right? And and I think part of it was because I some you know as a kid I didn't like to see my you know favorite heroes be in like different situations and stuff like that where like just the idea of like in the in these um in the third episode of iron man like literally dying before the avengers ever formed yeah that would have been too much for me as a child because yeah. <laughs> i can't even remember the what if stories that i read when i was a kid but i do remember them kind of giving me this feeling of like ah oh, man this kind of sucks like i know i didn't think they were cool as a kid well, they, they, they're full of dread, a lot of them. Yeah, they're full of, that's what it is. They're full of dread. That's what, they, they almost felt a lot like, um, in a way, Twilight Zone totally. or Tales from the Crypt vibes, but, 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 with, but with superheroes. So one thing that's happening, too, right now, there actually is a What If series happening with Marvel right now. Uh, one of them is a story about what if Peter had succumbed to the... Um, the whispers of the symbiote and one of the things actually ends up happening is it actually takes control at one point of reed richards and it just stuff goes way out of control like he actually does some real crazy stuff there's another one where uh norman osborne gets a hold of the infinity gauntlet oh that's terrible that one's really interesting too (laughs) um there's a lot of (laughs) yeah just just saying that was enough I mean, just the idea, because I know Doom has had it at one point, right? Now, that was amazing. And honestly, that's a story I hope they do at some point. Um, there's multiple stories where he got it, but recently there was a run by Jonathan Hickman. Where I'm pretty sure Jonathan Hickman wrote Secret Wars. Um, that New one was crazy. Huh? New Secret Wars? Because when I was a kid, Secret no, Wars. No, there's a new one. There's a new one. Or maybe yeah, it's, it's, it's No, I think it's called something slightly different. Not Secret Wars. It's like... Uh, there's another one that it, it literally was like five six years ago it was so cold oh my goodness that was one of the best events i ever read and i just cannot think of the name of it right now um but there's so much yeah it, there's so much they can do man like i'm real real pumped to just see what happens um you know i think probably let me ask you guys what was your favorite like uh character change so not like our main main characters but like what was the like for example thanos is one of my favorite characters it was like you see me like what he's totally different um what, what was you, your guys favorite so far i feel like steve going through the whole marvel universe of the last you know 12 years or so i feel like steve is still my favorite guy in that He's a hero when he weighs 98 pounds and he's a hero when he's Captain America. And yeah, it is pretty cool. I like that he's still heroic 
when he doesn't have the power and when he's like just a supportive supporter of Sharon, more or less. Like he can't do that much stuff. Eventually he gets the Iron Man armor, of course, but when he's just kind of still a regular guy, his role is just to be a cheerleader and he's still a stand-up good dude. I find I, I find it's very corny, but I find Captain America like kind of the most inspiring of them all just because he it's some of the groundwork that they do in the original movie, the first Avenger, where he they find out that he's been changing his name and lying and stuff to try to register at six different draft boards because he really wanted to go fight in World War II. And it reminds me of something my grandfather said, and maybe that's why, but he says like, when I was a kid, like we all wanted to be in World War II. Like we all wanted to go fight the Nazis. And that's interesting. It's kind of, it's just so different from how we think maybe now where I think now the attitude is like, ah, fuck, like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. But, um, but with that being said, I think that there was this, I'm not going to even say it was propaganda, but this idea of the Nazi, Nazi part, Nazi Germany being pure evil. They made it easy, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) cause it turns, it turns from like, you just fighting in the war and you're unsure why you're even here or what, what is really going on to you knowing that these people are horrible people. Well, proxy war is a part of the issue with that too, though, you know, right. And nowadays, nobody nobody declares war in another country. They fight in whatever place in the middle, but they don't say, hey, we're fighting each other kind of thing. It, it helped it, that it was World War II and that it wasn't like World War One because World War One is like, who's right and who's wrong? And most of us don't really know that much about World War One, So we're like, yeah, America was right because we're America, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Who was in World War One? Like, who did we fight? But World War Two is like very very clean it's like that simpsons joke where they say all war is wrong except for like the revolutionary war <laughs> the civil war in world war ii that's funny yeah yeah <laughs> i mean I, that, that's a good summation of how americans look at it <laughs> definitely yeah, yeah. I don't, it <clears throat> it's really um really interesting though because the, the one thing that did throw me off about it the entire time was i was like okay so I'm down with because uh, and I feel like they gave us a really quick glimpse. I just can't remember what happened. But when Thor died, I was like, Matt, wait a minute. Hold up. How did that happen? Right. Because he got hit by an arrow. Yeah. But but I know he did something to him. I just can't remember what it was. It wasn't the, you know, um, the joke that everybody wrote was like, uh, what if Ant-Man went up Thanos's butt? <laughs> and they want that, obviously. No, I think. This this is my this is my theory. I don't remember completely, but I think when Thor first came down to Earth, he was like human. So he's in in the MCU. Yeah, like in the first, because that whole scene was from the first Thor movie, right? So when okay, he first came down, before he came and got his hammer again, he was essentially uh, the same as a human being. Yeah. Okay. I, I so Arrow right. would have killed him. I think that's right. Can I ask a super dumb question? Sure. Is there something? Did Thor first appear in the Hulk? Because no. wasn't there was there a thing where like? Wait, are we doing MCU or comics right now? MCU. Oh, he. I think he was in the. Um, he might have been in the after credit scene. I feel like, like they showed the hammer or something. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. there was some weird Thor whole crossover. It was like, are they really doing this? Wow. Yeah, I think at the end. It's either at the end of the first or second. I think the first Iron Hulk. Man, is, I think it's the, the first Hulk, Hulk movie. It's the first Hulk. Okay, I think so. That they find the um, they show Thor's hammer. 
It's, it's in one of those, and I think it's Hulk, but that could be wrong. I know Tony shows up at the end of the Hulk movie. Yeah. Ah, okay. shit, it's been so long now. But you know, it ain't it crazy when you go back and think about it, how it started. And, we, and like, remember how people would be like, you gotta stay past the credits. And like we'd be like, all right, we'll see. And then like it would, eventually like it became like really good reveals each time. And now we're here, which is crazy. Like that feels like it happened eons ago and and we're just so far along and they've done so much since then it's really really awesome it's not even that long like captain america is 2011 2012 it's nuts the first avengers movie is like 2012 isn't it uh like it's pretty it's pretty recent and it feels like it's been around ever man it it feels like so i mean but you know I think the polish is the, the thing that's really interesting is when you go back and you know occasionally you'll see people like put up like what was the worst marvel movie and most people put thor 2 some people put avengers uh, age of ultron which i was like what okay great that's that's weird and then some people were putting captain marvel and like some, i was like all right fans I mean, are just i guess it could stuff. be the worst avengers film like if you want to say Age of Ultron, but I, they were saying Marvel movie. Marvel, I mean, Age of Ultron sets up everything. Now, I'm not saying it's the yeah. best of those movies. I would say honestly, Civil War is probably the worst Avengers movie. What? No. Which is not to say it's a bad. Movie. I don't but think it's that's a bad a, movie. It's technically not an Avengers movie. It's Captain America. Well, yeah. So if you're going there, but I think that movie's that the movie's got some weird stuff in it. Like if you go back and actually look at it, like as far as why people were doing what they were doing, I think it works overall, but. Age of Ultron, I think, kind of got overshadowed because, like, really everything that Tony was paranoid about, we see it happening there. Like, he's thinking about Thanos all the way back then. Yeah. You know, and it's he's just, having all those visions, you know. I never, I, I've never been that into the Winter Soldier as a character, and it's it does annoy me, like, how much he drives major things that happen in the Marvel Universe. Because, like, mm-hmm. at some point, you have to be like, yeah, you killed a bunch of people. Like, we're friends, but there's only so far I can stick out my neck for you. Yeah, and Cap just never gave up. <laughs> Which Man, nope. is, I mean, he won't be right. loyal that way, though. Yeah. Well, but but keeping in mind, so I, you know, you know that is the guy. It, it's the one piece of the past that's still around. Yeah, that do make sense. Yeah. So and in everything that way, else is dead to him. Yeah, that that's what makes it. You know, kind of the. Oh, well, you know, I got to stick out my nose for my guy or something in my neck. Um, I really think that um, overall, I, I kind of accept that um, and, and think it, it's fine. I mean, it, it's very conflicting in many ways, but, you know, I do Probably like where Bucky is at this point as a character in the MCU. Um, and also, but now we, we did get confirmation that Sam Wilson has signed on. Um, I said Sam Wilson, like that's his real name. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Mackie has signed on uh, to do the next Captain America movie. But if you see a famous person at the grocery store, you can yell out their fictional name. It's totally okay. Will they turn around? Sam <laughs> Wilson! You're like, hey, you're like, well, no, no, you know what I'll really do? I'll say, Black Cap, Black Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say Black Falcon because even Sam Wilson doesn't like that. <laughs> Black Falcon. Oh, uh, I do like his outfit. Some people think it looks crazy, but I think it looks amazing. It's it from the comic ex- book. It looks good. It looks exactly like the comic book. It looks Which amazing. Looks cool actually. in the comic too. The fact, you know, and it's really funny. People have gotten so much better at actually doing the comic book looks. Like, remember how scared everybody was to do like the actual X Men outfits, and they just put them in all black. 
Yeah, just black leather. Every superhero wears black leather. It's like, yeah, whatever. But I'm, I'm I try. I, I think the X Men they do have to be tweaked a little bit because a lot of their outfits were very like '90s inspired. Sure, but but when, when, but, I'm, but all when I'm thinking leather? about the X Men that I watched like on the animated TV show, like when I was reading X Men in the '90s, like that that does need to be tweaked a little bit, but not all black. You know, the ladies would like to see Cyclops and his spandex and just like that little bitty uh little spaghetti strap thing over okay, his shoulder. Okay. Is this a true? Is this a true thing? But is there talks about Henry Cavill maybe playing Cyclops? Have y'all heard about this? No. Everything's confusing now because like some fan site will do. Here's a artist rendering of what Mel Gibson would look like as Professor X, and you're like, wait, is Mel Gibson going to play Professor X? What? And they're like, no, it's just like a drawing somebody did on Instagram, and we posted it. And for some reason, (laughs) Google like has figured out that i click on all these stupid things oh my god that's so they keep popping up in my feed and i'm like please just stop using my, stop reading my mind stop using ai these are my measures <laughs> do not do this anymore i need to know the actual news i don't Sorry. need to know like what uh, jessica chastain would look like as mystique so i guess when those those uh spider-man far from home leaks came through you were just like i don't what do i do is this real is it not real <laughs> so um so what do y'all think about that what what if what if henry cavell was cyclops would that work yes i think that'll work sure yeah i honestly would like that to be honest Hugh jackman and okay now look i don't know if this is true because this is one thing i saw it and i didn't click it but some people said hugh jackman would be willing to come back as wolverine or that he expressed interest I just okay. This is my thing. I have no problem with Hugh Jackman being Wolverine again, but I think he just did so good at Logan, and that kind of to me feels like a good ending for. I still Hugh need to Jackman. watch Logan so bad. Okay, get off the podcast then. It's so awesome. I'm sorry, but anyway, what were you about to say? When I first saw "Call Me by Your Name," I was like, "This Timothy Chalamet dude." He's going to put on like 50 pounds of muscle, and at some point, he is going to play Wolverine. That's pretty funny. And so now that he's done Dune, I feel like he's moving closer and closer. Well, see, okay, Here, here's oh, one gosh. question that I do want to throw out to you guys. Well, one point, I guess, to, to kind of throw out uh, in relation to what you said, Keith, with Hugh Jackman having done whatever great stuff he did with Logan. So clearly, based on that trailer we got for Spider Man, we saw. Uh, Dr. Octopus come out well okay so this seems to suggest that either he got whatever part of the dimension he came from from the other part of the multiverse like the end of Spider-Man 2 is not happening yet and we saw a Green Goblin bomb so in that same verse in all likelihood um, the Green Goblin from the Sam Raimi films is there Sam Raimi also is directing this film no. Huh? Is he for real? I'm pretty no, sure. Am sure I crazy? In the next Doctor Strange. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. He, he's doing Doctor Strange. My bad. Okay, that's perfect for him. Yeah. yeah. So, but the thing <laughs> is, though, so we, we do have a situation, though, where, you know, characters who died or anything like that, like, you know, there's an opportunity for them to come back um, in some way, which honestly, the one I really want to see because it was some of the most tense shit. Forget a Marvel movie. But in a movie period I've seen in a long time, was that um, that car ride to the prom in the first uh, movie with Tom Holland and Spider-Man? 
Is it Vulture? A homecoming. Oh, man. If that boy, if Vulture come back and he man. see that Peter is number one public enemy and all that, bruh. But isn't Vulture supposed to be in Morbius? Is that still coming out? Because they show him Mor- at the end Morbius, of the Morbius is still happening. Yeah. Yeah, they oh. show him at the end of the Morbius trailer. So they, they let us know. Oh, I didn't watch that trip. What? Really? In the trailer that we all saw, he's at the end of it. The Val Kilmer? No, Michael Val Kilmer. Kilmer. I'm I'm sorry. I'm uh, the uh, what's his Michael. name? Michael oh, Keaton. Michael. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking of Batman. Sorry. Yeah, no, so so Michael Keaton, he is at the end of it. Go back and look at the Morbius oh, yeah. trailer. Holy yeah. shit. That's great. So wait a minute, that have to have happened. I don't think that's the multi. Well, that's Sony though, too. So but then that would mean that it connects because because the idea is that they're gonna connect the Morbius stuff and the Venom stuff. Because they also do show, didn't they have posters of Spider-Man? We gotta go back and watch this Morbius trailer. <laughs> Cause I, I swear the Morbius trailer has so much shit in it. But um well, well okay, so one, one thing I want to throw out to you guys, because I had seen I, I saw it when it was happening the first time I watched the trailer, and it suddenly a bunch of people picked up on it. So if you go back and watch that Spider-Man trailer, there are hints all over the place. And I don't know if they're just teasing people and it's just like, you know, false flags. There's Mephisto hints all over the place in that damn thing. So for one, uh, early on when Peter's with MJ and, um, and uh, uh, Genki and people are yelling at, at, you know, Peter and they know he's Spider-Man, there's a dude with a Peter poster and it has Mephisto like devil horns on it and like a little mustache then when you see um when you first see Dr. Strange he throws his fire out you know like so like at the fireplace and there was some other real big hint about the fact that it could be Mephisto now the thing is if you know anything about the comics one thing that happens is a um there's a comic book event called One More Day the way it works there is Aunt May had been shot uh, so this is all the stuff happened with like everybody found out Peter was Spider-Man. Um, Aunt May ends up getting shot by Kingpin, um, an assassin hired by Kingpin. Um, some other stuff happens. And then he just is like, I just don't want this to happen. And so Mephisto says, look, I will do it for a price. And he says, OK, you want my soul? Uh, we can bring Aunt May back. That's fine. He said, no, I want your marriage because he was married to MJ. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now the way it's executed in the comics isn't the best in the world, but this is actually seeming like it's hinting at taking that story and combining with a few other elements from other stories too, yeah. potentially. Um, because it does seem like Doctor Strange probably could do that. You know, he could try a spell like this, but it, it maybe, I don't think it necessarily conflicts from what we saw in, in the Doctor Strange movie, but it's like, would he try this? I think he would, honestly. I don't think it necessarily has to be Mephisto, but it wouldn't shock me at all because they are throwing the hints out there, 100%. Well, the other thing, with the last Spider-Man movie, everybody from the trailer was like, oh, this is definitely introducing the, the multiverse. So they do like hint at this stuff and mess with us because they know what we expect and what we want. So I just don't know what to believe. And by the way, I called the trailer for Mobius and yeah, that's Michael Keaton. Um, yeah. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, in the timeline, you have to wonder, like, where this is happening. Or it could just be a completely separate verse, like a, a completely different dimension. I think that I think that they are trying to connect them. I think so. I, I think so. 
And then we just, I don't know if y'all saw the new trailer to Venom too. Yeah, I've seen that. Actually, also does look pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'll I go back to Wolverine. I don't know if I said this before, but I've always had like this thing about Hugh Jackman being Wolverine. You know, I think, I personally think that it's not so much that he's like the best Wolverine, it's just he's the only Wolverine that we've ever had. Okay. But it's something about just, I can't get over how Hugh Jackman looked for some reason. <laughs> What do you mean? In, in like, in like, it doesn't work for you, or what do you mean? It, it kind of doesn't work for me when I know what Wolverine looks like. I guess it's it's something you mean about, you mean because he needs to be shorter or what? He need to be shorter, and I just think like if like I said, if you get used to seeing something long enough, you just accept it for what it is, right? I think you just, just hate him because he because he like, a Tony Awarded winning actor who can sing. No, nah, you can't see Wolverine doing that. <laughs> no, nah, it's not that. It's also like. Like, like for example, they make Cyclops a complete pussy. Yeah, in so the, yeah, the movies, he's terrible. So therefore, that's how people view Cyclops. If yeah. that's the only, if that's the only way you've ever seen Cyclops, that's how you gonna view him. Okay. I've always liked Wolverine, just like anybody that liked X Men. I like pretty much every X Men character outside of Morph. He was kind of trash, but. <laughs> <laughs> They they don't always in the movies, not even always. They never in the X Men movies for the most part play the characters right, except for make, maybe Magneto and Professor Xavier. But see, the only place I disagree with you as far as the movies is in uh, Days of Future Past. I thought they did pretty decent there. With they did the good characters. with the they good did good with the story. I don't think that the characters are still not. There's there's they don't completely feel like how they will feel in the comic book meaning like even certain stuff they do is just a little off sometimes but like rogue is in the comics is this like sassy southern bell who's like, oh well yeah but they 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 yeah, always they have her as like a a straight like like she's never even i don't know if she's even 18 in any of those movies hardly like she's just always like this helpless girl and who do you, do just you got know she would be like stuff. a she would be like a complete powerhouse. Yeah, she would be. She was, she'd be almost as strong as Scarlet Witch, basically. Yeah, because yeah, right. she steals Captain Marvel's powers. Yeah, right. Yeah, and um, then she can steal other powers too. Now, um, and, and I think that to me, if we could, if they can find a person that's, you know, that's more rugged looking, that's shorter, at least let the mother be about five ten. Hugh Jackman, like what six three. Here's what I really want. It's this, a tall this is my dream. Because I watched X2 a little bit today. Um, <laughs> That's so random. Don't ask why, but it is. I finished. I finished. I was on the bike and I finished What If? And I was like, I got a little time left. What am I going to put on? And I was like, when I was a kid, when I was not a kid, I was like in my 20s. But when I was younger, like I remember X2 being like the standard. Like it's so good. Like Alan Cummings really good as Wolverine. The opening scene at the White House is really good. I'm like, oh, I'm going to give that another watch and see how it is. And when Hugh Jackman comes in with, like, the comic book Wolverine hair, and it's, like, really true to the comics, it just doesn't look quite right. Like, when I saw it at the time, I was like, this is the greatest superhero movie we ever made. And maybe it still is. But his hair is, like, too close to the comics. And that threw me off. And I've always been bothered by how tall he is because Wolverine's supposed to be 5'3". Mm-hmm. And my dream Wolverine... Long story short, we know that Wolverine is not the tallest guy. We know that he has a chip on his shoulder. We know that he's um, 
a little older than the other X-Men. I think the guy who's ready to play Wolverine right now is Tom Cruise. I would have never thought you stopped. <laughs> He's 57 <laughs> or something about that. Yeah, he's oh, guys with a chip on his shoulder. He's probably like five nine or something. I think he'd be a fantastic. I don't think he's five. Look from from people I I I know who you know seen him up close. I don't think he's five nine. Uh, I think he's shorter than that. But uh, <laughs> he's shorter than five nine. I mean, look, I'm shorter than five nine. I ain't checking. I'm just saying. Um, but wow. yeah, I mean, from a from a casting standpoint, I think that that is interesting. I mean, it, it isn't accurate. Five seven. I don't, but the thing is, I don't know if Tom Cruise can. He's almost like too big a star to play Wolverine. But the older and grayer he gets, the better, the more grizzled he gets, the better Wolverine he's going to be. Because Wolverine's like 100 and, well, depending on which version we're looking at. I mean, he, he's old, old, like he's in he the triple digits, easy. Yeah. Um, but like he could be an AARP and he's like jumping out of helicopters and stuff. Like he's a complete badass. Yeah. He's still doing his own stunts, even now. It's yeah. like he, he, he's basically he's white Jackie Chan. Um, all right. I'm just, I'm saying doing his, uh, his own stunts and, you know, not asking nobody else to take on that for him. I mean, yeah. Jackie Chan just stopped doing his own stunts like recently. Like I think Tom Cruise is good. When there's when he doing something, um, some stunt that there was being discussed about doing something in space. Yeah, he's talking about doing a movie in space. He clings to the side of a plane in the Mission Impossible movies. He clings to the side of the tallest tower. Man, is insane. I, insane. It's fucking amazing. It's great. It's ridiculous, man. What? 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 A, what there aren't going to be many Tom Cruises after Tom Cruise. We'll I've always now who I thought could be Wolverine for a while. Sometimes is um. Frank Grillo. Oh yeah, he, he did play in the Winter Soldier, so that kind of worked. So. Yeah, but he he has kind of like that look, and he's just five ten. He's about like my height, <laughs> so he's still not Wolverine, you know, shortness. But you know, I don't know. And he's fifty six. He could have worked. The dude in the Kingsman could be Wolverine at some point, but he's too young now. He could have been Wolverine. I remember that. Edgerton. But that could still work. You could just make him look older. Yeah. Because Wolverine at a certain age kind of stops aging, I guess. Yeah. He's like a vampire. Yeah, pretty much. He could do Young Wolverine Chronicles. Taron Edgerton. Egerton. (laughs) That's his name. Egerton. Yeah, he's got a Wolverine vibe. Doesn't seem especially tall. Right. And do you and I'm thinking, so he yeah, he's 31. Okay, yeah, he he's five nine. Yeah, perfect. He played John Elton John. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so um so I know we were talking about like I guess yeah. our favorite character from the what ifs. See, y'all just mentioned not both of my two favorites. So I guess my next favorite would have been probably T'Challa. Yeah. And um, and I think for me, it's just the just the idea that he just has this moment to really just explore and to not have to worry about being a, a prince, a king, or a black panther. So I just kind of I just kind of appreciated that. Um for a moment I didn't know how I felt about him because they were just gassing him up in the first, I guess, first five to ten minutes of the episode, like he was just perfect. Like he was just the perfect version of Star Lord, and sometimes I have a problem with that when you make a 
a black character too good at what they do because then it's like it it, it almost take away from the realism to the character, you know, because he has no flaws. Can't well, but that's Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy, essentially, though. No, Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy is completely flawed. Like <laughs> it's so so that that's that's well, people well, people gas him up and, and they give him crap. But I mean, as far as like when he makes mistakes, things happen to still kind of come together in some way. Yeah, but, but got... that's that's the point. Whereas T'Challa doesn't make mistakes. Like when you think he's making a mistake, it was a planned out thing. Well, you know until the collector and, was, and, was putting and, it on him. And also when you when it when they first introduced him, like you remember in the first Guards of the Galaxy, oh, yeah. they didn't recognize who he was. He was like Star Who? Jamon Hunter. T'Challa says he's Star Lord. Everybody <laughs> knows who that is, you know. Well, but also those are I, I think what's funny about that is like I think it's it's way more clear later, but it's but like the Thanos things would convince me, you know, like his pizzazz and his charisma and his way of talking. I mean, he he was already being primed to be a king, you know, and you know his father was already kind of teaching him, you know, the you know what you needed to be somebody who could lead, you know, a nation and a kingdom, so. You know, I think some of that stuff that he had, I mean, just Peter Quill would never have had that. I did love the end too, by the way. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, he would he wouldn't have, but that that was the point I'm making. Like in the beginning, I didn't like it because I felt like he was too perfect. But then I did come to those same conclusions that you did once it kind of like hit that, like, oh, I'm forgetting that this that he was, like you said, he was groomed to be a prince, yeah. be the king. Yeah, it wasn't like he was a baby, you know. Right. But I also heard this being one of the problems with black with people writing Black Panther was the fact that he was written to be a bit too perfect. Never heard people so, say that. Mm-hmm. And and so and so sometimes some of the best Black Panther stories are the stories that involve the people of Wakanda more than than T'Challa himself. Yeah. And one of the ways that uh ta Coast got around some of those challenges uh, when he was doing his run uh, Which for the perfect. comic book series. Huh? Which was perfect. Is that- yeah, but when they made the, um, what did they call it? The Wakandan Galactic World. Empire? Well, he did World of Wakanda first, and then they yeah. did the Galactic Empire of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really widened the scope. Um, of the challenges he faced and, and just kind of, you know, um, the sort of, you know, things that he had to consider and, and face. I'm mean, I really, it's, man, it, 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 I don't know where they're going to go with the second Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see what they choose to do. I mean, it's just, there's just, you you sit down and you write some stuff and I'm I'm sure they're like, all right, yeah, we've got a really good direction of where we want to go. Um, and then after the passing the, you know, of, of your star, it's like, hey, like, you know, all right, we still can can do some of this, but like we gotta throw away a lot of what we were doing, I'm pretty sure. I think they're gonna say the king is dead, long live the king, and then I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean I think they're that- gonna like acknowledge it right up top and it's gonna be like just like a, a very somber mood 
and that'll like reflect how we all feel and it'll be like a little bit a little bit of a lifting after that but i do not know how they're going to pull it off and i don't know how they're going to like are they going to retro um what do you call it when the comic books do that um when they like set something up like do they add in like some prehistory where there was always a an heir who wasn't t'challa i don't know how to do that um it's just weird because you know we had the you know love you 3000 but we still had robert downey jr yeah um and you know it it stopped sitting this way um you know not, not only the fictional character being gone but but the actual real person too um so that i don't know it it, it it's a really uh it's, it's gonna be a challenge um one i i, I think that um they're up to to being able to honor you know um his his legacy and then and then still you know put together something that uh, will make sense for that for that universe uh you know overall i think the the best thing about what we're seeing is that the payoff from the loki series is really um coming to fruition um i'm, I'm really impressed with what they did uh and and you know keith you called it of course um that you know who our big bag would be would it be kane the conqueror uh <laughs> You said they're really early. That is exactly what we're saying. And just the possibilities are so like endless. Um, I'm I'm it's like you know, theorizing about it is kind of fun and interesting, but I'm just curious to see what they do. Um, and so far, um they haven't really faltered. Uh I I can't really it's just weird. I wonder what what you know looking back on this what the dceu will learn from it i wonder if they're going to continue to almost kind of make movies like almost because look the bad the batman movie they're about to do the black adam movie they're about to do honestly i don't even know that i feel like these movies have to be connected i feel like they could just kind of almost treat everything like a what if story if they wanted to and just tell us a bunch of really cool stories i don't even see what would be wrong with that if that's the approach they took um yeah, I I see. I don't see nothing wrong with it, and especially. I guess if they can if they can do it, and just because you gotta think some of the best super comic book films are the Dark Knight series that Christopher Nolan did. Yep, not related to anything else. Not related all. to anything. And yep. before before we had all this MCU stuff. That was that was it for the longest, you know. And, like, and actually, that set the tone for everything else that came after it. Well, yeah, it set the tone for making it a lot deeper than your standard comic book film. Yeah, like you you could do more, and people could treat it with a certain amount of like. I think cinematically, people didn't have respect for these movies the same way. Well, I can't I can't forget place. that time. You know, me and you went to go see the Dark Knight. At the Paradiso, Paradiso, yeah, Paradiso, yeah. And I remember, man, how you was talking about that movie. I was like, I just was glad to see a fucking Batman movie. <laughs> and Aaron was having deep dives. That man talked like you was talking the whole time back home. And I was like, damn, what? He, how did he figure all this shit out? <laughs> that movie was so damn good. Like, oh, like man. you, you, you was on some deep Freudian shit about the film. And I was just like, just glad to see a Batman movie with the Joker in it, you know. <laughs> uh, but that was the beginning of that, though, you know. 
Well, and, and the thing is that movie really did. I think the thing that movie did that we don't see much of now. I mean, well, let me let me rephrase this. Can be that 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 we see now that that would have been difficult to do before was it was willing to challenge in many ways um, some of the the things that we were seeing currently in society. Like I think it was an easy thing to overlook at the time, but if you look back on it. That moment when, um, oh shoot, I cannot remember his name for some reason right now. But you know how at the end, Batman needs to find out what the Joker is. And he's like, look, I'm going to use the the technology we have at Wayne Enterprises to like hack everybody's phone, essentially. And he was like, if you do this, I can't work with you no more because this is like violating everybody's civil liberties. And he's like, look, I get it. But for right now, we do it or, or a bunch of people are going to die. He's like, all right, well, I'm gonna do it for you this one time and I'm dipping. But that actually became like the I mean, to, to this day, like that is kind of like this pressing thing that's happening. Um, and it's influencing a lot of things. I mean, the way it's working more is more with misinformation. That's how we understand it a lot more now. But like, you know, you didn't see comic movies before that really try to dive too deep into like what was happening in modern day a whole lot with like technologies and trying to look ahead as far as like what we were dealing with. Um, and, and that movie really challenged the idea of like what we believe society is and how these things function. And, and what was really cool about Age of Ultron I really appreciate is it asked a lot of questions about, you know, if superheroes were here and they were creating havoc, what does that mean? Do we still trust these people with this enormous power? Like, what does it actually mean to allow superhuman beings to be present among us? Like, should we be having them all on lockdown? And if we don't, like, how do we in any way think about that power dynamic? And and they've continued to grow those those ideas in these films, and I think in a way that I believe is really Cool. And even the trailer for the Spider-Man movie, when they asked Peter, okay, he's like, okay, so yeah, he, Peter's like, he got killed by a drone. He was like, you mean your drone? You know, I mean, yeah, it kind of was my drone, actually. But... I mean, I went in control of the drone. Oh, so you weren't in control of the drone. Oh, uh, you know. And it's interesting because Peter basically, in this verse, we've talked about this plenty before, but like, he is essentially going to become Iron Man of, of his verse. Like, he has to take over uh what what tony has kind of laid out as a legacy for him and you know he's gonna have to grow up quick you know and figure a lot of stuff out because the thing is his identity is already out there and iron man got to say i am iron man and say you know you get to know from me peter didn't get to do that he he just got to live it and, and deal with it and he doesn't want that pressure and that's what this whole movie's about and it's really interesting to see how you know the legacy of his his you know his mentor you know he's having to take it on from a whole different manner but like he doesn't want that yet you know yeah i like that you bring spider-man up because if there was ever a thing that i don't care that much about the mcu i'm i'm a little iffy about how i feel about the portrayal of spider-man i like tom holland as spider-man i think he's a very believable peter parker and spider-man mm-hmm. i just don't like in a I'm, I'm kind of iffy about how I feel how he's introduced into the MCU. And and I think mainly it's part because of... Because of Civil War, how he came in? Well, just because he... To the point of what you're saying, him being more of a protege to Tony in the next 
like Iron Man type of deal, right? Yeah, he he is going I'm, to become the the Tony of of the Phase I, Four. I've always looked at Spider Man as Peter Parker as being like the everyman superhero. Mm-hmm. So just this idea of him just kind of following up behind Iron Man, it just bothers me. Because like, but then they 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 change it up and then I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like that. Like for example, at the end of Homecoming, when they were gonna offer him like this the the new suit and all this stuff and bring him on the Avengers. He was like, you know what? I'm cool. I'm going to do my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I want from Spider-Man. I, it's like little stuff that bothers me. Like, I don't I don't like him with no Iron Man type suit, no Wakanda, um, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Techno suit. I like my <laughs> Spider-Man to have a, I made my suit by my hand. I sewed this shit together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get tattered up and shit. That's what I think when I think of Peter Parker. You know? Well, he had to do a little bit of that in the in the, in the second movie, you know. I yeah, was, and that's that's what I that's what I want more of out of him. You know what I'm saying? I don't want another Iron Man. But Tony told him in the first movie, like you can't it can't just be about the suit. You know, like you have to you have to take it to another level. Like if you're nothing without the suit, then you're not ready for this. You know, they can't, they can't do it anymore for a lot of reasons, including that nobody would have a job as like a freelance newspaper photographer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like the broke Spider-Man living in his Chelsea apartment, which now would cost, you know, $7,000 a month. <laughs> it's like going out of skylight to go fight crime and like his suit's dirty. Cause he didn't wash it. Like that's the Spider-Man I love from like the eighties. I think that's right. the best. Well, and the thing is, because of the fact that i mean look we got the eternals we didn't even get to that look there are going to be things that happen that reset everything again just like dc does this all the time marvel's not really known for doing a ton of this yeah but they're gonna hit a reset i would assume at the phase four and and as uh is uh kane the original well i'm not gonna say the original but um the man beyond what were they calling him in loki um that version of kane who's keeping the 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 sacred timeline together we're going to get one again that gives a reset and i think at that point we might see a return to that more down to earth my suit is dirty you know oh man i don't have enough web fluid (laughs) you know to get to get by kind of spider-man you know yeah because i think that's the appeal of spider-man right i i've always said i think spider-man is the most human superhero yeah because of the fact that like even with his superpowers, he deals with the most human circumstances. Like nothing about his life is super, other than the threats to him, to his, you know, to his life and the people around him. Now, also like him, like there's certain heroes, and I'm gonna just make this point. I know we need to wrap up some, mm-hmm. but I was just thinking about how there's certain heroes when their secret identity comes out, it it makes no difference to them because. They're right. so fucking rich and famous that they almost untouchable anyway. Yeah. But when you're someone like Peter Parker, there's a reason why you have a secret identity. And just like to the point of the storyline that Aaron was talking about, the, the moment that Spider-Man comes out and say, hey, I'm Peter Parker in the comic book, and May is shot by one of um, the Kingpin's goons, right? Yep. Whereas like, it's something about when you at the level of Tony Stark, like you have threats, but you also have a lot of security on top of that. 
Yeah, but I think what they're trying to show here is Peter's still fighting. Like, he's not living in Tony's old, you know, um, backyard. He's not in upstate New York in, in the, Aven- the new Avengers Tower. And that, you know, mm-hmm. um, he he doesn't. That's not a life he wants to live. And that's what the end of the first movie was demonstrating. And even like all those lies to, to shield so he wouldn't be bothered. Well, also that in the second film. Right. He just doesn't he doesn't want that that whole thing yet. And he, he's not ready to take that on. Now, you know, that's gonna be a lot of what this is about. And what's gonna be amazing though is having that perspective from the other two Peters who he's likely to meet. I think that will happen, but we have Tom, um excuse me, um, Andrew Garfield and um Toby Maguire right. coming up. I mean, those two have had very different experiences. Hell, even the way Uncle Ben passed is different for, for them. Um, so, you know, I think, man, there's just so much awesome stuff they can do here um, that I think will really make a lot of sense. I mean, and really those two Spider-Man, you know, uh, to your point, Keith, they're a lot more like the Spider-Man that you're talking about. They're a lot more down to earth. They don't have all this fancy tech. They don't have all this other stuff. And and that was one of the funny things about Spider-Verse too, where, yeah. you know, that Peter's like, I mean, well, you know, I ain't have all this. It's fancy, fancy pants, Spider-Man with a, you know, spider cave and stuff. Uh, he's like, I had a little bit of something like this. I mean, like, this, like um, I just, just seeing kind of, because they don't have one that's that kind of sh- schmarmy uh, in, in these movie verses, but um this is gonna be a lot of room to do a lot of fun goofy stuff and i, th- I think it's gonna it's, it's gonna work out really well in a way that i think you're gonna probably feel like tom holland's still working pretty well but clearly there's something's going really wrong i think it might even be more than two verses that we see because one thing that did stand out to me because and I, I was watching somebody talk about this later you guys probably would notice because uh I know Tim, you ain't had time to play no video games, and Keith, you don't have a PlayStation Four. But in um, the Spider-Man video games, Aunt May works in this uh, place in the community center called Feast. Now, I have watched a lot of Spider-Man stuff. Um, Feast is not in any of the movies. It might be in some of the comics somewhere, but it's one hundred percent in the video game. And when I saw Feast, because like maybe Feast comes up in this movie, and Aunt May's working there. But it does not exist prior to this. I'm telling you for a fact it doesn't. I know it doesn't. So it's it's like an acronym for like just something that they, you know, because it's doing stuff for the homeless, essentially. Like it's a homeless shelter and they take care of people there. Um, but that's in the comic books. And in, I mean, it's in the, in the video game. And in the video game, uh, oh, no, I'm not going to spoil that. Look, something bad happens to they anime. The homeless people. Huh? They eat the homeless people. That's why it's called feast. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you caught it. You caught it. Uh, oh, my God. It's horrible. But, but the thing is, he has on, if, if you look at the trailer, he has on a black suit. It's not a symbiote suit. It's a black suit with like a gold um, like medallion in the middle of the spider normal would be on the front. That is normally a suit that he had to like have some kind of like magic um, uh, defense of some sort. Oh, okay. All right. So he could be jumping through dimensions and trying to stop something from happening. It's real. There's a lot of they just throw so many Easter eggs in this movie, like in this in this teaser trailer. It's just insane. So, um, dude, I'm I'm just pumped. Like, 
I'm not worried about Spider-Man. Tom Holland gonna be fine. He, he he's they gonna take care of business, man. I'm not sweating that. It's gonna be hype. It's gonna be good. Um, we'll see. But all I know is Dr. Octopus is back and I'm waiting to see how they go down. Cause that's when we had some of our best fights in the whole verse. Like I all the movies. Dr. Octopus fights were the best by far, I feel like. <laughs> like that chain, that train sequence, people still talk about. They they cool, you know. I, I think the fights is good, you know. I still don't think he should have been able to take those hands, but you know, it is what it is. Someone from Dr. Octopus? No, I'm talking about I'm I'm about to get too deep, but I'm thinking like this, right? Spider-Man mm. is like super strong, right? Right. I don't care if you got mechanical arms, if he punches you in the face and you a 50, 60 year old man, you're gonna be knocked the fuck out. I mean, but yeah, I remember he, he he got like uh that same metal and stuff like on his spine. Yeah, that that don't that don't that don't is he is either he pulling punches or that's just something because I thought that when I was young, I was like, man, Spider-Man was the really hit doc out. Kill him. No, but superheroes always pull their punches, though. They're not like they're not hitting a kill. Like, I mean, Superman always has that issue where, like, occasionally something happens with like Dark Side's talking this shit, and then everybody clears out, and he's like, "Oh, I can hit you for real now." Well, and then it's just like, boom. Well, what I'm saying boom. is that I don't know. That that's one of them things I just can't. I just that that kind of bothers me. Like, I think whenever a a, a character is fighting someone, right? And you know that they're way stronger than this person. It's unrealistic for them to take that punch. That's all I'm saying. That's anyway, fair. Man, That's fair. We we can go ahead and wrap up because we talk about these, um, you know, superhero fisticuffs all day. <laughs> yeah, hey man. All I'm gonna say, the only thing I'm, I'm like, look, if Marvel, anybody in Marvel who is involved in creating these movies, there's only one thing y'all have not done. I think it's been a real failure. Y'all gotta let Sam Wilson have some hands, just once. Just, just, just let him put hands on somebody that's like that's clean. Because I swear, during that whole, I can't even think of like a sequence in the whole MCU where he's like won a fist fight. Man, he can only do air battles, man. This man was in his in his whole series. Couldn't man. I'm still mad when uh I don't know who he was fighting, but he threw the shield. And do through the uh that plastic chair at the shield, the shield fell. <laughs> I was like, God. All right, well. Was it Batrock the Leaper? Yeah. Was that one? <laughs> George, um, George, George Saint Pierre? <laughs> Man, that had me salty. I mean, I, I was like, I'm enjoying what's happening, but that that was slow. Steve would never. Steve was looking at it from heaven, like, ain't hey, that some shit. Sam, I know I taught you better throwing technique than that. Anyway, um, if you made it this far, you were very nerdy, number one. But number two, that means you really like the show. We'd like for you to share it with people. Uh, even if it's just one person, let them know what we do here. Um, and we do this every Thursday, typically. Uh, Keith, could you let them know where they can find us on the social? All right, now we're on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. Yes, sir. And Tim, anything uh, that you like to give people a quick shout out about for Movie Maker? Nah, just Movie Maker. Yeah, go to Movie Maker. <laughs> Period. Yeah, great stuff there. Um, I have no clue what we're doing next, but uh, shit, there's a lot of good stuff down the pipe. We just got to make a decision. So uh, we'll figure that out. 
Uh, but we'll holler at y'all next week. Thanks for joining. Okay. Peace. Peace.